Dark Charm presents Fun with Dirt. Starring Denny Atwell, Justin Gregory, Miguel Pedroza, Robert Hunter, and Mac McCloskey as the gatekeeper. Harry Osgood sat on a jail cell bench with his hands pressed against his pudgy face and wondering about what the hell just happened to him. It made absolutely no sense, but here he was. In the cell with him were three homeless gentlemen who smelled like the last time they bathed was when the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Yeah, you weed man. He picked his head up to look at him. If I had any weed, why would they let me keep it in here? Harry heard about the methods men used to hide things in jail, and he had no desire to talk about that. It's bad enough that I'm in here. <laughs> yeah, which, what do you, what you, what do you, how did you get arrested for? He was about to tell him, but stopped as the sound of the cell block door opened and a guard walked inside, Jay walking behind him. Osgood, Harry. That's me. You're released. Your fine has been paid, and I suggest you clean yourself up and get out of here. <laughs> Jay walked up to him and winced at the smell of him. Jesus, dude. What the hell happened? You smell like you haven't bathed since the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Harry cleared his throat and pointed a thumb at his cellmates. Nope. Let's go. Jay stayed quiet as they got Harry's discharge papers in order and got to the van. Harry, that's is mad. And Mr. McGee? Not all these daddies we deal with have our best intentions at heart, Jay. So what happened? While Jay slept in a little to get to work early for Goober's funeral, Harry, on his day off, had a different agenda as he walked gingerly into Vern Crescent's chiropractic office. Harry walked up to the receptionist's desk and leaned up against it. A smaller woman with dark brown hair and a bun was manning the desk as she turned her attention toward Harry. Her glasses seemed way too big for her head, but that didn't mean anything to Harry. Hello, how can I help you? Uh... Yeah, uh, my name is Harry Osgood. I have an appointment today with Dr. Cresson. Harry Osgood. Yep, we got you. Your insurance is on file with us? Harry pulled out his insurance card and handed it to her. He might have not always liked being an undertaker, but the insurance coverage McGee gave his people was top-notch. She then proceeded to hand him a clipboard with a bunch of forms on it. Please fill out these to the best of your ability, and when you're done, put the clipboard on the table. Harry walked over to the waiting area and sat down with the clipboard. He filled out the information as best as he could, and then walked back up to the receptionist. 
Uh, here you go. I tell you what, folks, I've seen a lot of things in my day, but I've never seen a man act this dumb with a woman who's really, well, how do we say it? She's homely, folks. I mean, you could hit on anybody, really. Why would you hit on this woman? And why would you be so bad at it? The voice came out of nowhere, but Harry wanted to know who said it. He peeked back into the waiting room, but saw no one there. Are you okay, sir? You... you didn't hear that? No, I heard nothing but the radio. Harry shook his head and walked back into the waiting room and sat back down. Ladies and gentlemen, I've seen so many things. I've seen people make love in the moonlight. I've seen people create beautiful artwork from hands. I have never seen a man screw up this badly. Harry stood up and looked around. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw a man dressed in a dapper suit sitting in the waiting room, but he was slightly off to his sight. All right, asshole, what gives? Look at this, folks. Doesn't know how to flirt. Doesn't know how to listen. Thinks he's hearing mysterious voices. Is this man insane? Probably. More details later tonight. What gives? What gives? Holy fucking crap! It seems like you can hear me. I don't understand because you seem so stupid. But is it true? I can see you a little. Are, are you a ghost? Well, bend me over and call me Nancy. This is the first time anyone's seen me in more than 45 years. They say that things come out of the oddest places. And this is pretty odd because you, my friend, are an oddball. But if you can see me, this is the first time in 45 years. It's a big story, folks. Big story. You... You've been in this lobby for 45 years? 45 years, 45 minutes, that's not the important thing here, bucko. Get to the point. Understand, I can see you, you can see me. That's what matters here, and how is that even possible? Maybe it's because of the script. Do you need, like, some closure or something? A devious smile came over the ghost. Closure! Yes. Closure would be good. Harry pointed out toward the outside. Well, I can always cancel this if you want me to help. What, what do you want me to help you with? No, no, bucko! <laughs> Don't worry about me! It's been 45 years! I can wait another 45 minutes! You go see the doctor! You do you! Look at me! Dead as a doornail! Gone today! Gone tomorrow! Gone forever! Why? Because I didn't see the doctor! So I suggest that's what you do, bucko! Well, okay, I really do need my back worked on. After that wrestling match, it's been kicking my ass. Of course you did a wrestling match. Wow. Your back is important to you, though, so you should get it looked at. Listen, I'm going to ask you a favor. When you are in there, ask him. Ask him about Burt McGonagall. Who's Burt McGonagall? Don't worry about that. That's not important right now. Burt, I don't know anybody named Burt. What I know is that you need your back looked at. You should do that. Like, now! Don't worry, I'll be right out here. The ghost seemingly disappeared from Harry's view. A few moments later, a smaller but well-built man in his late 60s walked out of a room and grabbed the file from the receptionist's desk. He walked into the waiting room. Uh, Mr. Asgood? You Doc Crescent? The man put up a hand in protest. Not a doctor, but a fully certified chiropractor. I've been doing this for well over 40 years. The doctor was my father and I took over from my dad after he passed in 1980. He instantly looked at Harry and shook his head. Mm. Records show you're a gravedigger for your employment, correct? Yeah, Mr. Crescent. Your alignment doesn't look too good. 
Even from your employment, there's just something off. Please, uh, come with me. We can discuss it in the room. Mr. Cresson led Harry toward a room for examination. The ghost reappeared and rubbed his hands together and headed into the room as well. Turn on your cameras, folks. Turn on your recording devices. Here we are. Jay and Harry were in the van, driving back to Harry's apartment. So, then what happened? Oh, I laid down on the chiropractic table and he did an alignment. It felt absolutely fucking exquisite. Apparently, I had my back jacked up for quite a while, and he was able to do a lot of stuff to fix it. So he'll be able to fully dig again? Hey, I can dig now! Yeah, sure. Okay, so, I get that your back feels better. How did you get into a jail cell, Harry? You keep dancing around that. <laughs> well, uh, so so when I was finished, I asked Mr. Uh, Cresson about Bert McGonagall, just like the ghost asked, right? So something strange came over him. Like what? Like all the blood washed out of his face. He was like about to explain that what he knew about the name, but then I blacked out. Why did you black out? No idea. All I know is, I woke up on the floor of the chiropractic room with police and paramedics over top of me. The official story, and this is what they say the official story, was that I physically went after Mr. Crescent and beat the shit out of him. The receptionist, God bless her soul, hit me with a potted plant to get him off of me. I mean, get me off of him. I don't know, it's just hazy. Once the paramedics said I was going to be okay, the police took me in and here we are. So what do you think happened? You wouldn't have just beat the shit out of an old man for no reason, considering how many times Old Man McGee has made you mad. <sighs> I think I knew what happened, and I can't corroborate it without that fucking ghost though, but um, I think he pulled a Swayze. The ghost roundhouse kicked you in the face? No, I mean like, you know, he jumped into my body like that scene from Ghost, right? And he beat the shit out of Crescent, pinning the blame on me. You need to be clear to what Swayze maneuver you're referring to. He had many movies, man. My next guess would have been Rob Dublin and went surfing. They arrived at the apartment complex, but were surprised to see Vern Cresson knocking on his door. He had a black eye, but nothing else looked too wrong with him. Nope. I will talk to him. But Jay... This is already a lawyer's nightmare, Harry. I will find out what he wants. Jay got out of the van and walked up to Harry's apartment door. As soon as Jay got there, Mr. Cresson turned toward him. Uh, excuse me. Do you know the young man who lives here? I do. I also know that you being here is a bad idea. I know, and this is highly unorthodox, but I will not be pressing any charges against Mr. Osgood. What? I've told my lawyer and the police that I'm not going to press any charges. I actually owe Mr. Osgood an explanation. Is he home? Jay pointed toward the van. I'm bringing him home now from jail. We had a hard time posting his bail. Where were you three hours ago? Moments later, Jay, Harry, and Mr. Cresson were sitting in Harry's apartment. Mr. Cresson. Mr. Osgood. I came here to explain some things that I was unable to do before the, um, 
incident. Harry waited for Mr. Crescent to continue. It looked like he was trying to muster up all of the courage he could to speak. Back when I first joined my father's practice in 1975, I was a doctor. I was board certified, accredited, and very good with my work at my father's office. Uh, my father passed away two months prior, and I took another client to begin realignment and muscle therapy. He was an up-and-coming TV news announcer out of Boston named Burt McGonagall. He pulled out an old photograph of McGonagall from his pocket. To Harry's surprise, it looked like the ghost who spoke to him. Oh my god, that's the ghost! I thought that I could take care of his alignment just as well as my old man. I had him on the table, and I cracked his neck, and he never moved again. He died on my table. I did, but my family had, um, ties to help take care of Mr. McGonagall's death claim. Ties? Like the mafia or something? Yes, but my conscience couldn't hold that weight forever. I went before the board. They stripped me of my medical license to practice full medicine, but chiropractic care is a little lenient. I was allowed to practice, but I was unaccredited. My mafia ties dried up soon after. So the ghost of Burt McGonagall didn't seem to think that outcome was efficient enough punishment. I think he just needed to deck you. You might be right, Mr. Asgood. That is why I will not press charges. I'm alive, he got his licks in, and everything should go back to normal. Okay, then. Things aren't okay with me, bucko. The voice of Burt McGonagall came over them. As punishment for slugging out Cresson, I'll have to serve as your announcer now. Jay and Harry looked at each other, confused. Announcer? Wow, what episode is this? Seven? First of all, I can't believe you're still listening to this thing. But considering you are, how can you possibly listen to a man who's this dumb week after week? After the charges were dropped, Harry was able to come back to work. Craig wanted to see him and Jay for what was discussed as a very important project. They pulled up to the parlor to see Craig outside with several other grave diggers on the staff. They got out of the van and walked up to them. Hey, there's motherfucking Griff. Nice of him to finally come back to work. Herman Griffin, also known as Griff to his friends, an older dyed blonde man with wrinkles all over his weathered face, clapped a high five with Harry. Why? I couldn't let your gorilla ass get all the glory, could I? Did you have a good vacation? Where'd you go? I was in Puerto Rico, dude. I had an absolute blast, too. Did you, uh, see where Bruiser Birdie died? Griff stood there and looked at him as if he said the dumbest thing in the world. Why would I try and look for a place where a wrestler was stabbed when I could spend many hours of drunken stupidity with hot senoritas who were all over me? Come on, man. Jay glared at Harry almost in embarrassment until Griff replied. And yes, I did. It was a sad place. That arena's not doing well, even though there are still events there to this day. Did you actually get any senoritas? Before Griff could answer, Jerry walked up to them. Hey, Griff. Griff nodded at Jerry, but didn't say much of anything. Did you have fun on vacation? Yeah, I was just telling Harry and Jay That's that. Nice. Jerry replied almost as if he was just going through the motions. But he didn't say anything. Doesn't matter. Him and I have met the link. 
Harry and Jay just turned toward each other with strange looks as Mr. McGee came outside carrying something covered with a red velvet cloth. The various crew members who were having their own conversations all stopped speaking and gave Old Man McGee their attention. Alright, the very important project is to listen up and listen good. Fleischer's Funeral Home has issued a gravedigger challenge, and I'm sure we can win it. Yeah, hey, uh, hey, Pops, um, alright, look, um, I know I'm normally for, like, almost everything you do, but, uh, this, this seems, like, this, doesn't this seem in bad taste, Pops? I mean, this ain't like, this ain't like McDonald's, Burger King, you know, sliding out deals with burgers. These, these are, these are human lives and shit stuff. Stuff, you know, I, you know, actual people and families were talking about. You heard what they know? said at Clarence's funeral. I will not be insulted by that half-wit piece of shit saying that they're better than we are. We can't let them win. Right. All is fair in love and war, but funerals. You see, Mr. Wentz gets it. Again. We need to get more customers in three months than they ever would and get their loved ones in the ground. Griff mouthed something under his breath. So quiet that McGee couldn't hear, Jerry started <laughs> chuckling. Oh, hey, is something funny, Mr. Sigorsky? Hmm? I was going to say something completely in poor taste, so I think I'll keep my mouth no, shut. No, Mr. Sigorsky. I'm intrigued about what you want to say. Well, I was going to say, it's a shame that there's no serial killers around right now. No, yeah, you're right. All right, all right Mr. Sigorsky, it was, it was tasteless. McGee unwrapped what looked like a golden plaque and handed it to Craig, who was nearby. In better news... We have decided to expand the parlor. This plaque is dedicated to Clarence Darby, who had been a loyal and exceptional employee for over 20 years. I'm like, you assholes. The new wing of the parlor will be dedicated to Clarence. Okay, gentlemen. If you haven't received your duty sheets for the day, meet Craig downstairs. If you have received them, have a good day. And be careful, gentlemen. Old Man McGee walked back inside the parlor as Craig accompanied several gravediggers to the morgue. Harry and Jay looked at Griff and Jerry, who seemed to be ready to go to the mausoleum. Jay pulled him aside. Hey, Griff, what did you say to Jerry to get him to respond like that? I said to him that we cannot win against a machine. What are you talking about? Do you realize just how cheap Old Man McGee is? No. Jerry knows. You should too. If you find a member of Fleisch's team, watch him. You'll know. Well, that was exciting. I'm not advocating for violence, folks. But if you ever do get a shot at revenge, haha, <laughs> you didn't hear it from me, bucko. Join us next time on Fun With Dirt. Guest starring Ferg Berfel as a receptionist. Nick Nino as Jerry. Dark Charm Media Production. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021.